whatever he decided to do, he was going to do it well. He always wanted to do better than anyone else, always. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to follow along on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. That's Wrestling TWT for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, emanating from the greatest professional wrestling city in the world, Chicago, Illinois. We're coming off the heels of All Out at the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, where we saw the debuts of Ruby Soho, Adam Cole, and Brian Danielson. This is the pay-per-view where we will get a chance to review All Out from Hoffman Estates. And before we even go into what happened on Sunday night, the 5th of September, let me tell you something. All Elite Wrestling was able to hit a home run with this event, without question. A Grand Slam home run. And the reason why I know that is because the fans were happy. Social media, happy. The fans that are in the arena were happy. The announcers were happy. What an amazing card, and what an amazing night, and what an amazing weekend for wrestling fans here in Chicago. I always say that Chicago is the wrestling capital of the world, and I truly believe that because look how many great matches that we've had over the years. CM Punk versus John Cena in 2011, in which Punk wins the championship. Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. I was there at Chi-Town Rumble in 1989. The Briscoes against Steen and El Generico in Ring of Honor. Brett versus Owen in SummerSlam. Brett versus Austin at WrestleMania 13. O'Connor Rogers, 1961. The Wrestling Classic in November of 1985 with Piper and Hogan on top. This is the wrestling capital of the world. Now, what I gave you off the top of my head are just a number of matches I remember emanating from Chicago or Chicagoland. But I can't remember a card this solid up and down like All Elite Wrestling All Out. It was a Grand Slam home run. And before we even get into the card, we should just talk about what happened when Dynamite emanates from here and Rampage emanates from here. You get the debut of CM Punk as he is able to take over the hearts and minds of those that were at the United Center in Chicago. I was there for that. An amazing moment in professional wrestling. And then more amazing moments, not one amazing moments, happening on Sunday at All Out. When you see Ruby Soho, red hot, she's had so many great matches in the Chicagoland area for Shimmer and for AEW and Independent. 
from 115 Bourbon Street and Marionette Park and other places around the city. Uh, from Adam Cole, who was a hot free agent coming off of NXT TV. And then Brian Danielson coming off the WWE TV. And he is back. And now he's in AEW. All these people are all elite, along with a very talented card. From top to bottom, this was a no-skips card. You ever have that particular album that you really love? Even the B-sides that you love because you love the artist so much and you never skip to another cut on the album. You just let it play the entire time. This is a card where you just let it play. There are no skips on this card. It's a no-skips wrestling card. Just like a no-skip album. It was amazing from top to bottom how wonderful All Out was. And hats out to Tony Khan. I mean, hats off to him, Tony Khan, his staff, and everybody at All Elite Wrestling for this to go down in Hoffman Estates. It was amazing. I want to go through the matches with you because it's just, I find it uh, fascinating that when you have All Elite Wrestling and they have these pay-per-views, they're not every month, they're not every, not quarterly, they're just matches that you see in which you anticipate how the match is going to be able to evolve, how it all comes together, right? And when you have pay-per-views that are spread out, now you have anticipation. And All Elite Wrestling for now is not doing a pay-per-view every month because they don't have to. But I like how All Elite Wrestling has an event like this one in Chicagoland where you take a look at the build for each one of these matches and you go, yep, that's going to be good. Yep, that could be good. That has potential. All the way up and down the card. And it's just been a tremendous summer if you're a professional wrestling fan. If you're a WWE fan listening to this and you're saying, well, what about us? No, you're doing well also. But right now, All Elite Wrestling has the momentum because it's new and because it's fresh. If you've loved the same old, same old with a, a twist here and there on SmackDown with Roman Reigns, man, you should be happy about what you're seeing on SmackDown. But All Elite Wrestling fans or those that are wrestling fans that are watching AEW and, and really digging it, the reason why it is is because you're now getting, you expect the unexpected from this company. Or on, here's, here's what's even better. You know something is coming because you read it online, and yet you still are locked in to see the anticipation of that wrestler coming down the aisle. Ruby Soho was getting cheers for that Casino Battle Royal before she appeared. People thought, okay, this this person is going to be coming out soon. It's going to be Ruby Soho, and just the reaction that she got. So even with, quote-unquote, the smart fan that knows, well, Dave Meltzer says so-and-so is coming, and this particular website says so-and-so is coming, guess what? Again, when CM Punk came out, everybody knew that at some point CM Punk was coming out. When he came out, it, was, it made it even better. I know the surprise is coming, but yet when I see the person come down the aisle, I'm so excited. And that's, I believe that is how wrestling fans feel. Like, I'm smart, I know what's coming, I know, but yet... The adulation from the crowd is not lessened just because, oh, I know Brian Danielson was going to be all elite. Some, when he came out, it was amazing. When Adam Cole came out, it was amazing. And it just shows you that no matter if a fan is surprised or if a fan is smart and knows, the point is, is that that performer, that wrestler is now on the landscape because it's something new and something fresh. 
Uh, the same thing when Becky Lynch comes down to down the ramp and she comes to the WWE and wins the championship. Well, people didn't know Becky was coming, but she got an ovation. Brock Lesnar, no one knew that Brock was coming, but Brock came. And the point is that whether or not you know or not, it is the fact that on your TV or in the arena that you're in, the wrestler is there and it's special, right? And so you want special moments in wrestling. We had a number of them for All Out. And it was just amazing. Let me start off first with the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Because you didn't know exactly how this match would go with Kenny Omega against Christian. But as far as you didn't know exactly how the ending would happen. But apparently it happened with the mega super finish for Kenny Omega. As he defeats Christian Cage, the Impact Champion. I like this match. Didn't love it. I like this match. The reason why it's not an A plus for me is because you had to have Gaga. You have to have. I mean, it's one thing for Don Callis to be out there. He's a manager. I got no problem with that. I've been seeing managers since the late seventies outside as a second to the wrestler. I have no problem with that. But then you've got, for whatever reason, the Impact Tag Team Champions coming out there and causing havoc. Why? Why did the Good Brothers go out there just to cause havoc? And it's a spot that really didn't. Didn't fit. If Callis is going to have some interference, that's fine. There was no reason for Callis to, to wave in the Good Brothers because, you know, Anderson and Gallows had, shouldn't have nothing to do with this matchup. But nonetheless, I thought it was a really, really solid match between Kenny Omega and Christian Cage. I expected it to be quality, and it was, as Kenny Omega comes out on top. With Christian Cage held up. Christian escapes out. How about this escape by Gal Switch? Gal Switch, this is how he beat him before. This is going to be it. Whoa. Boy, how close is that? Holy hell. Christian bleeding from the mouth, spitting out blood. Fatigue setting in on both these men for this enormously physical matchup. This demonstrates some of the, the best catches, catch hand wrestling that we've seen in years. This has been a war, and this is what AEW is all about, guys. In ring, nothing better. Kenny Omega, very, very unsteady as Christian Cage is bringing him up. And the fans start the chant, they know. Wait, Callis inside the ring. Oh, look at Get this. his ass out of here. Get out of here, you goof. Could get this man disqualified. Man, that's what he's trying to do. That's probably he's so good officiating. Good officiating. McCall is such a coward. He fled from Christian. He ran like a scalded dog. what he did in that pink suit. Oh, Christian Cage, looking for the maybe the kill switch. What the hell? Super kill switch, maybe. Avalanche. No, Omega gouging the eyes. Look at the digging the fingers in the eyes. Christian blinded. Oh, oh, my God. He might not be able to see what's going on oh here. Oh, my God. That is for the feeling. The one-winged angel from the top.
Pretty good matchup for the AEW Heavyweight Championship as Kenny Omega retains against Christian. I, you know, it's something about either the one-winged angel, the one-winged angel, uh, and the kill switch. I don't like finishes that take a long time to load up. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of that. You know, when you get the DDT, when you have something that is quick, and you know, when you have quick moves, kind of like MJF's move. You know, I, certain moves I think should be quick and sudden, and then the one, two, three. I've never been a fit, big fan of like the kill switch where you got to load up and it takes ten seconds for you know, or sometimes AJ Styles with his type of maneuver. I'm not never big a, a fan of needing ten seconds to load up a finish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that's not a submission. You know, if it's a figure four, if it's a Boston Crab, I get that. But I've never been a big fan of that or the one-winged angel or whatever Kenny Omega calls it. So after the matchup, of course, Kenny Omega takes the mic and he wants everyone to know, hey, without question, nobody can beat me. I beat the Impact Champion, so nobody can beat me. Are you finally starting to understand, Chicago? Best in the world this, best in the world that. I don't care if you have hometown heroes. I don't care where you came from. No one is on my level. Absolutely no one. I've proven it day in, day out, month in, month out, year in, year out. And it doesn't matter where I go. But one thing's for sure. When it comes to this AEW belt, the only people that would ever have a chance to beat me, ever, are either not here, they're already tired, or they are already dead. in the history of this business. 
Now, at this moment, the fans think that this is the end, another heel finish to a show, as we saw on, I believe it was on Rampage not too long ago, right? And so at this point in time, the fans are like, oh, I guess our surprise is going to be Adam Cole. So Adam Cole is in the ring, which is amazing to see him in AEW colors uh, with the Good Brothers, with Don Callis, with the Young Bucks, as it is Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian all laid out. And then all of a sudden the music hits. And just when you thought Ruby Riot and Adam Cole was going to be the surprises, here comes... Incredible moment indeed. Brian Danielson comes out in the same hair as Brock Lesnar, interesting enough, with the little ponytail. <laughs> but that is just amazing, man, to see Brian Danielson back. And the reason why that this resonates with people, the crowd was going crazy when Adam Cole came out, but it went up 10 octaves. It went up 10 levels when they saw Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson is the ultimate underdog. And everyone knows the treatment that he received in WWE as being the guy, but not really being the guy. And there's a lot of examples of that. There's a lot of examples of being a champion or being over, but yet not being over in the eyes of management like Vince McMahon, the WWE. And so this is why this makes sense. Same thing with Adam Cole. So Adam Cole comes down that ramp in Chicago and he gets a huge ovation, a big pop. You know why? Because that guy should have been on Raw or SmackDown or the Undisputed Era should have been on Raw and SmackDown and really running one of those brands and being the top heel faction or babyface faction of that brand and he ends up in AEW. And so there's always going to be an embrace, right? The fans that will look at wrestlers that were not treated well or not over enough, they come to AEW and they're going to get treated well. And that's exactly what happened in Chicago. Just, just amazing moments. Professional wrestling is not about the moves. It's not about the chance. It's not about the booking. It's not about the the for the whole stuff for smart fans. It's about moments. Wrestling has always been built on moments, and not just matches. It's been built on moments. You got three moments, not one. Using it one, you got three moments on this all-out card. People respect Ruby Riot too. 
Now, people in the independent scene who Ruby Riot was, she comes she comes to the WWE and she has some success, moderate success, but let go. And now Ruby Soho is is now born. And she got a huge ovation when she came out. Even though the fans knew she was coming, they just loved to see her out there. So just that's one of the reasons why that this card worked. Not just a really solid AEW heavyweight championship matchup. Not just the arrivals of three former WWE stars now in AEW. But just the card was very good too. And oh, by the way, CM Punk had his first match in seven years. Let's not forget about that against Darby Allen. Bringing Darby up. But Punk knows Darby's not done. Yeah, I think Darby may have been playing possum there a little bit. I'm not sure. We'll find out. As, yeah. Oh, yeah. Elbow right to the throat. Another one. A third. Point of the elbow. Finding their, it's a rightful home on the face and neck of CM Punk. Shot after shot. And those elbows to the, the jaw, the ear. Darby just in self-preservation mode here. When he heard the chant of go to sleep, he knew he was going to try it, so he became dead weight. And, oh, Darby! My God, what a move. Like he was shot out of a cannon, Darby Allen collides with CM Punk. Here's his body as a battering ram to Darby Allen. One of the most impressive moves in his arsenal. And now Darby thinking big things. And the crowd rises. Big thoughts here. To their feet is Darby Allen. God. Flipping Senton off the top. Unbelievable. There's another look at it. Boom. Great accuracy, courage. And then this. What a wonderful one-on-one matchup we are witnessing. And Darby returns Punk to the ring. Here we go. Oh, look at that. That brings the balloons. He's going to go for the coffin drop here. Oh! He just set up out of the way. Punk lured him in. That's the veteran, the strategist. Oh, with Darby. The counter. The counter. Tough spot for Darby Allen. Go to sleep on Darby. Looking for the last supper. He's got him in one. Deep two. Oh, barely. Man, what a close near fall that was. He pushed the knee out of the way just in the nick of time. Oh! Wow. What snap on that leg lariat. Fans loving this. Wonderful. It really, what really a, is. What a pay-per-view we've had, folks. And it's still it's a long oh. way from over. Darby got the boot up as Punk was charging in. Darby looking for Poison Rana. Oh, Punk's got him caught. Got his safe. Oh, that got him. First time in seven years CM Punk is in the ring, long tights by the way, and representing the Chicago area very well with his boots and his uh, tights, and I thought that the matchup was very good.
between CM Punk and Darby Allen. Darby Allen takes so many dangerous bumps. We've heard Jim Ross say over the years, you only have so many bumps in your bump card. Man, that, that guy is a rubber ball. He takes <laughs> he takes some punishment, man. He takes some bumps. And he he bumped for CM Punk. You know, what is what's interesting to me about this match is that there's very few times that I've seen CM Punk be the bigger wrestler. And, of course, he's taking on Darby Allen, and he's a smaller wrestler in, you know, in stature and also in weight class. But it's very rare that I've seen CM Punk kind of just, you know, the collar and elbow type where he's got to kind of come down and apply that collar and elbow type or kind of just apply the pressure to Darby Allen, a smaller, shorter wrestler. Uh, but it, it made CM Punk look so much bigger because he is. Uh, than Darby Allen and I I liked the what Darby Allen brought because he was throwing his body around and that's a very good match for CM Punk for him to come back after seven years and didn't look like he really missed a beat he looked like he was just pretty flawless uh, out there uh, in that matchup against Darby Allen so it's good to see him back number one but number two just to see him against a really good opponent And, and here's the thing this does this does not hurt Darby Allen at all to me um, Darby Allen loses against a veteran wrestler in, in CM Punk's hometown. And so it makes me think after the match, when Sting came in and everyone shook hands, it makes me think if CM Punk and Sting is next, uh, cause that would be a dream match for sure. Uh, and I don't know when that would be, but I think that that would be interesting. CM Punk against anybody at this point, I think it would be interesting. But I, as I told someone not too long ago, CM Punk returns to All Elite Wrestling, returns to wrestling and to, you know, being AEW. He doesn't have to be out there every week. They don't have to crank cult of personality every week for him. He could be left special. He could be a guy that comes out there every other week. He could be on other shows. He doesn't have to be on Dynamite and Rampage every single week. Because the one thing you don't want to do is burn out a veteran, right? As a matter of fact, uh, what was that? Dynamite just recently before this event, he was like, Hey, you guys tired of me yet? Rolling out there again. <laughs> like, Chicago's never going to be tired of CM Punk, but you want to make sure that he's kept special uh, because I'm not saying he's The Undertaker. I'm not saying that he's Brock Lesnar. But what I'm saying is, is that don't forget the young people in the back. There's a ton of young people that watch that was, that's usually on Rampage or Dark or sometimes on Dynamite, and they didn't get a chance to participate in this all in pay-per-view don't forget about the young people that's in the back that you're cultivating and moving forward in in the card you know so i i look forward to seeing those young people in the back too but the veterans took over and they showed what a mega event looks like cm punk being one of those veterans taking on darby allen in which darby looked good cm punk won the match but both looked really good in this matchup let's move on to this matchup here where I was not keen on the stipulation with Chris Jericho and MJF. I don't know what the next dream match is or next big match for Chris Jericho at age 50. But my point is, is that this should have not been on the card, this match. It's not like I didn't like the match. I think the match was at at worst a B plus. My point is with this is that after the fifth labor in which MJF defeats Chris Jericho, that should have been the end. You move on. In which Jericho can still wrestle when he wants to, and MJF is elevated. If you beat Jericho again, then that solidifies MJF as a wrestler. 
for MJF to be in this matchup where Jericho requests one more time, it's like, why is there one more time? I made the parallel before. This is Paul Jones against Jimmy Valiant all over again from the NWA in late in late eighties. Why is this happening again? Why do we need this matchup? Um, because you know why I need this matchup because Jericho wants to prove that he can get over on a young talent. It is true whether it's Orange Cassidy or whether it's MJF. There was some real truth in the uh, MJF promo not too long ago. Jericho needs a young person to get himself over. Uh, with Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy won, I think, two out of three matches against Jericho. Elevated Orange Cassidy. But what did this match do for MJF? What did it, what did it do for him? I, I think, I, I just think that's very strange, at least from my standpoint, because Chris Jericho, yes, he's one of the faces, the main faces of the company. Yes. But after he lost against MJF, I mean, Jericho could move on to a different opponent or be in a tag team or whatever. But this matchup took place anyway. The closing moments, we thought MJF won, and then... Dreams trying to separate these two behemoths. It's got Floyd.
I may have not been a big fan of the creative, but I did like the matchup. MJF defeats Chris Jericho. I'm sorry. I wish that was the case. Jericho defeats MJF. <laughs> Making my own matches here. Uh, Chris Jericho defeating MJF at All Out. And so, again, now we see what happens in the next few weeks. What happens to MJF? The guy should be close to untouchable because of the promo, because of his personality. Here's a guy that doesn't need his comeuppance every quarter, every, you know, every other month. He doesn't need to be thrown into a pool. He doesn't need to have his face put into a toilet. Here's a guy here, if you want him to be this era's Roddy Piper, people forget about Piper. People think about just Piper's pit, and they just think about you know, some of the matches that he had. There was a time where Piper was untouchable, man. He could talk all day. He could just be able to uh, obliterate an opponent verbally. And when he got in the ring, like... He didn't lose very often, number one. And number two, he got his comeuppance. He bled. He got beat down. But he didn't lose very often. And the same thing with MJF. He doesn't lose very often, but he's not on TV very often wrestling. And so, again, to me, this is a step back for MJF, a guy that's in his mid-20s, left MLW to come to AEW to be a guy that um, can really be a force in the company. And I just don't know what this does for him. It does a hell of a lot for Chris Jericho's because, once again, he beats a, a young opponent. And so... You know, I don't know where Jericho goes from here. I just, I, again, I did not mind the match, especially the restart. I thought it was a very good wrestling match, just the way it is all laid out. Uh, I thought that Miro and Eddie Kingston was a really great start for All Out. It really set the tone uh, for All Out, for AEW, for the TNT Championship. Boy, Eddie Kingston, the last few shows I've been to, I've been to two Rampages and two Dynamites, man, I, in Chicagoland. Uh, and then, of course, the Rampage in Milwaukee and the Rampage in uh, Chicago again. Man, it, it, yeah. he gets a huge ovation. People respect Eddie Kingston. And I think the respect comes from not just his wrestling prowess, but people know his background where he was just almost done with wrestling and he's got a renaissance with the company where he gets really respected. He, uh, in a tag team, Kingston with Moxley, I think that works out well. It's like this two-man power trip. I think that's cool. But at the same time, I just think that uh, people really respect Eddie Kingston. He was this close to beating Miro and that's exactly what you want. They laid that out perfectly. The uh, idea that Miro has a weakness with his neck and they made that a storyline and just to see that match the way it was laid out, I thought that was very well done. And Miro is the Miro that I've wanted for a while. When he first came in with uh, Penelope Ford and with that that whole thing with the video games, I mean, that's part of who he is. But when he's in the ring, he should be an ass kicker. He should be an ass kicker. And he has been since he's been the TNT champion. That's the guy that we saw as Rusev early before he got into this stupid storyline with Bobby Lashley and uh, and his wife. Um, but I, I really like this version of Miro. Big fan of what I'm seeing here from Miro and him being the TNT champion. That's a lot of fun. Let me get you now to the best match on the card. And, of course, I mentioned uh, Ruby Soho earlier. Good for her. I want to see Ruby Soho against Thunder Rosa, by the way, 10 times. I think that very well could be a very, very good matchup. Uh, so hopefully I will be able to see that. Um, but the best match on the card 
was the cage match for the AEW Tag Team Championships, the Young Bucks against the Lucha Brothers. I think I've said this on previous podcasts that the Lucha Brothers get a big ovation. Saw this in Milwaukee, saw this in Chicago firsthand sitting in the stands. I, I just think they get a huge, a huge ovation. Uh, when You could just hear a chord. You ever, you ever go to a wrestling match and you just hear just two seconds of a wrestler's theme song? And you know that wrestler's coming out, and you hear the first two seconds, and then the crowd just blows, it just pops. That's how it is for the Lucha Brothers. Just a chord, just a little bit of their theme song, and then boom, it just pops. And the Lucha Brothers come out there, and they're in this cage match, and this is a cage that makes sure that the Don Callis and his group does not come out to interfere. This was an awesome match. I love this match. The Young Bucks against uh, the Lucha Brothers in a steel cage. Uh, a lot of crimson, a lot of blood and guts um, that were spilled in this matchup. But man, you talk about Texas Tornado rules where pinfalls only count in a cage match. I know at one point Jim Ross asked, he, I don't know who's legal. It's like, Jim, I mean, weren't you in the meetings? Did you even go to the meetings? The idea that he's asking who's legal in a Texas Tornado matchup t- tells me that someone didn't do their homework. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he knew that it's a cage match and this is not going to be one of those. It's going to be more like Lucha Libre rules or Young Bucks rules more so than anything else. The closing moments of this one. This was the best match on the card. In the windpipe. That's a very, very dangerous move. It's amazing these two four athletes can keep going. These two teams. It's just amazing. Oh, wait a second. They're out of each other thus far. Wait a second. Wait a second. Gonna up the ante here now. No, 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 no. The God Almighty. Can you believe what we're seeing? Canadian Destroyer. Avalanche Canadian Destroyer. The physicality, the risk-taking, the courage of these four men. Such a sickening impact. That whiplash that drove to the head to the canvas. But if Penta, if Penta was able to capitalize, he could have been Matt Jackson. He could have won the AEW World Tag Team Championship. God, are you still with us here? Never mind. I'm concerned, guys, about Matt Jackson's neck right now. Yeah, you should be. Listen to these people. Heartless. God, they can barely stand. This is crazy. Matt is somehow conscious. He's some, somehow up on his feet. The desperation shot delivered. And drops all around. Oh, oh super kick. The ring has turned into the, a top pass. Look at these guys. They're just hanging on. Another team will allow their, the other or themselves to lose. That's right. Will to win, will not to lose. Don't get into a super kick battle with the Young Bucks, guys. That's my advice. Oh, that's good advice, actually. Yeah. Oh. And Matt Jackson. Time to finish this now. Last minute. Oh.
He may, there may be offense created from the top of the cage. It looks like things that happen. He's going to go for the, the foot stops off the top what? of the cage. My God in heaven, will you look at this? Take a deep breath, everyone Back watching at home. 20 plus feet in the air. Take a deep breath. that Jim Ross is excited. <laughs> he was excited throughout the entire thing. Usually you can hear him eye-rolling uh, some of the action in AEW, but you could tell from bell to bell, from the beginning to the end, he was into it. So is Tony and so is Excalibur. What an amazing card. No skips card. All out, emanating from Hoffman Estate at the Now Arena. So I mentioned to you before, there's been WrestleMania here. There's been Starcade here. There's been NWA events. There's been Ring of Honor events, independent events. But this is one of the best cards ever in Chicago. Because of everything that happened, just think about it. CM Punk is wrestling for the first time in seven years. Just It's one thing to say, oh, CM Punk's... Just think about that for a second. He's wrestling for the first time in seven years. A guy that hated wrestling... He says he didn't hate wrestling, but it, it, ultimately he hated what wrestling brought, the status of professional wrestling. And now he's in it, and now he feels good about it. Think about a guy like Brian Danielson, who I saw in the Independence at Ring of Honor. Amazing that he has returned to pro wrestling, to have Ruby Soho there, and to be able to have this card, an amazing array of talent uh, for all elite wrestling. And once again, I would say that what we're seeing here with some of the, the debut of, of Danielson and Cole and Soho, that all this is great. We cannot forget about the young talent. And once Tony Khan figures out the balance between the veteran talent that he's going to get off of the free agent market and the young talent, it, when, that, when that meshes and it works where you're cultivating young talent along with the veterans, it's nothing going to stop AEW. That's not hyperbole. Nothing's going to stop this company. If you are still being able to get the Jurassic Express or someone that comes out of that, someone from the best friends, you know, again, young talent along with New Japan talent, because I don't want to forget John Moxley against Kojima. A very good match, a barrage of strikes there, um, a really high impact, a lot of intensity with that match. That is almost like this match was filmed for New Japan, because I'm sure they're showing this on New Japan TV. Um, you know, in the land of the rising sun, because um, 
Suzuki came out there also. So it was almost like this was a match solely for New Japan so they could see Kojima and Suzuki out there against John Moxley. That was a very solid matchup. Um, a lot of high impact intensity there. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, you're talking about young talent, right? Dr. Britt Baker. <sighs> be hard-pressed. I mean, nothing against Charlotte or Becky Lynch or like Sasha Banks, but Britt Baker's got to be in the team photo of great women's wrestlers, right, in America. I mean, it's not just the, the, the DMD, the whole thing where she gets a crowd involved. I just think that she's getting better and better. And so is Chris Statlander, too. I think I, said, I mentioned this before. When before she had her injury, I think she was just okay feeling her way around. I thought this is one of her better showings, Chris Statlander, against Britt Baker. And again, it's not perfect, but it's a, you know, it's a solid B matchup. And so Dr. Britt Baker, and then of course, all, <laughs> she does the tequila sunrise, better known as the Pittsburgh sunrise, uh, that her boyfriend does that, that popped the crowd because she couldn't find a way to beat, beat Statlander, but she found a way to bring in that Pittsburgh sunrise. Uh, that was an awesome move because that popped the crowd. She's doing anything she could to beat Statlander and eventually she did. Um, so I, I like that match as well. You know, again, quality match there. Um, I go through the rest of the card, including uh, Paul White against QT Marshall. We knew what that was. Uh, that is the proverbial let me up match after CM Punk defeats Darby Allen. Paul White just destroys QT Marshall. You knew what that was coming in. And then the main event, and then, of course, Danielson and Cole. Just a quality, quality show from AEW. Let me know what you thought. What did you think of All Out? And what did you think of this weekend? And not just the all-out card, but having Dynamite and Rampage in Chicagoland. And then, of course, having the Fan Fest as well. I just think it was just a win for all wrestling fans, including AW fans, and a big win for Chicago. So, as always, I appreciate your support and listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. What did you think? I want your feedback on the card. What did you think of just the whole weekend of AEW? What did you think? Make sure you hit me up on Twitter, WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT. Uh, also on Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Let me know what you thought of what you saw. I know I'm giving you my thoughts. I thought it was an A pay-per-view for sure. An A for everything from top to bottom for all elite wrestling. I'm excited for wrestling, all of wrestling, because of what happened on Sunday in Chicagoland. I'm excited for the WWE, especially the SmackDown brand, and also... All the wrestling companies, it's time for you to step up. There's plenty of free agent talent that's still available. I look forward to seeing wrestling get hot. More than just two brands. How about three, four, or five brands all at the same time? Now we're back to the territory days if we get that going, right? I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks for listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. What would you think of All Out from Hoffman Estates, Illinois?
and I kept sitting there. And I don't know how many of you meditate. Or it's woo-woo bullshit, I know, but whatever. Uh, but just feeling like the sensation of it, it still resonated, right? And that's, uh, that's one of the very unique things about pro wrestling is that you go out there and you feel like, you, like for the most part, most of my career, almost every time, I've been out there and really felt something. And tonight, like it was, it was a feeling that wouldn't stop. Until they came and got me out of the trailer, and then then you disconnect from the meditation, and then you're just like, oh, where am I going? Think about where I was. Like that technically was my dream since I was nine years old, um, and then I'd seen everything that AEW was doing. I, I'd been here countless times to support Brit and, and hang out with the crew, and it's just the best crew. Uh, the, the shows are amazing, the fans are amazing, uh, but at the same time, I had really built a reputation for myself uh, there as well. But I knew in my heart pretty early on that I wanted to come here. Um, and it was no knock whatsoever on them. I, I had a very excellent four-year experience. But I, I wanted to come back and work with a crew who I love being around 24-7, uh, a crew that is just as passionate about pro wrestling as I am and fans that feel the exact same way that we do. So um, making the decision was a fairly easy one. Adam, you made a huge statement tonight. What is the message that you're hoping the pro wrestling community receives from tonight? Uh, I hope they realize that I'm just getting started. Uh, like in this sense, I know I've been, I've been doing this now for 13 and a half years, but I'm only 32. So, so I have a lot of time left in my wrestling career. Um, as excited as I am, this is a whole new challenge. Like when I look at this roster, I see so many guys that I've never wrestled before. I see a whole crew of fans who are ready and excited for these awesome matches. Um, I'm ready to show them that I'm, I'm going to deliver. In every sense of the word, I'm going to deliver. And more importantly, I am so excited to do so. Adam. It was reported before you left WWE you had a talk with Vince McMahon. Uh, how did that go and how different is it talking to Vince as it is talking to Tony? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the talk went great. Um, uh, we had a really, really good conversation um, about a lot of different things. But, but the actual conversation itself uh, was, was awesome. I, I had no bad experience with him whatsoever. Um, he, he is an intimidating man uh, that definitely commands respect in a lot of ways, um, but, but the experience itself w was totally fine. Um, but working and being around, or even, I mean, because I just started tonight, but, <laughs> but being around uh, Tony is so cool for so many different reasons, but the, the biggest one is how contagious his love for wrestling is. Like, I, I know, I know that I love pro wrestling, but you can't help but be more excited and more ready to go and more fired up when you're around Tony. I, I feel like I can go and, and talk to Tony about anything, which which is such a... At any time of the night from now on. Anytime, day yeah. or shine, you yeah. give me any time. <laughs> which, is, which is so cool. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and I'm not just saying this because he's sitting here. I say this to everybody, but, but Tony is an amazing, amazing person. Something, uh... Tony, I have a question. Was the plan always for you to get here and be on the show right away, or was this something that... This, this all came together really quickly. And uh, very quickly. I mean, like, in the time he didn't know he was going to be out of contract, and we had no idea, and I had no idea he was going to be out of contract, and then all of a sudden, 
he was on a contract very recently and a lot of things came together and it was just an amazing time. I mean, so many great things happening for AEW and for our business, but I, I really can't imagine a better time or a better person to come and be here for such an amazing night. And uh, it meant a lot that you did. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Adam, you talk about being in the business for like 13 years and obviously you had a journey. 13 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyways, you talked to the, just from the past company and the other promotions you've been with in on the independent scene, uh, something AEW's done is a lot like flush your creative muscles a little bit more. And when it comes to things, um, talk about what you're kind of looking forward to doing that. Not that you were limited or didn't have any confines of certain things, but maybe opening up with uh, some creative aspects a little bit, maybe that you weren't able to do in the past. Yeah, so, so this is really broad, but just having the option of having conversations about different ideas. Mm -hmm. Like uh, knowing that um, you know me and Tony or me and Matt and Nick and me and whoever can sit in a room and have a bunch of different ideas. And maybe one sticks, maybe one doesn't. But knowing that that line of communication is completely open. Uh, naturally, I think a lot of times with creativity, people are afraid to say something because they don't want to sound stupid or they don't want to look stupid and that doesn't exist here so again even if you have three horrible ideas maybe that'll <laughs> inspire an excellent idea or, or someone else will come up with a different different thought so that is the part i'm really excited about